What a precious name, Jesus. You are our strong tower. You are the pillar that we lean on. You said the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Jesus, we find safety in your name. Jesus, we have hope in your name. Jesus, we have a future because of you. Oh, we give you praise. Oh, we exalt you. Thou almighty God, the one that chose to pay the price for our redemption, that we may be called the righteousness of God. Father, you are the one that chose to bestow that name upon us. You say, for there is no other name that has been given under heaven whereby men can be saved except the name of Jesus. We thank you tonight that we have hope in that name. We thank you tonight that we have security in that name. We thank you tonight that, Lord, we have joy in that name. We thank you tonight that all that we desire, it's in that name. Yes. And so, Lord, we lift up our voice tonight. We say, oh God, oh precious name of Jesus, how we trust in that name. Lord, how we trust in that name. How we know without a shadow of a doubt that is the name that delivers us irrespective of where we find ourselves. When we are confused, we call upon that name. In the time of despair, we call upon that name. Even when we become sick, we call upon that name. My God, thank you, my God, for that name, oh God, is precious to us. We give you praise tonight. We exalt you tonight. We magnify you. We bless you. Oh, we magnify your name, oh God. It's just the name of Jesus. No other name but the name of Jesus. No
established in that name. We exalt you tonight. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And so tonight, we just want to talk a little bit about the practical aspect of what we shared on Sunday. On Sunday, we took our text from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And Hebrews 13, verse 5 reads that, um, Hebrews 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, verse 9. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that a heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. So on Sunday, we shared that if you're going to wrap up the scripture or summarize the scripture, it's just the writer of Hebrews saying, do not be carried away by shadows. But let your heart be established in the substance. And in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1, we define what a shadow is. The Bible talks about the fact that the law is a shadow. And we define the law as man's ability. In other words, we define that there are two types of relationship that was been unveiled in the, in the Bible. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The Old Testament is about what man can achieve. However, the New Testament is a relationship with God based on what Christ has accomplished. And that the difference between the two is a whole gulf apart. In that if it was man's effort, then we go back to Hebrews chapter 1. Because the Bible says the continual year after year of sacrifice could not have made them perfect. And that because they continued in it, and yet they were still hoping for something. And I also referred to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, how that the prophets and the generals basically in the Old Testament pointed to Jesus. And we established the fact that the grace that we're talking about is a person. Because the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 17, that grace and truth came by Christ. We finally went to Acts chapter 20, verse 24 and 32 where Paul was talking about how that he did not shy away from giving them the entire message that God has given him, which is the message of the gospel of grace. And that in verse 32, having realized that there's a possibility he may not come back and see these people, he left them with this message, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst the saints. The crux of the message was this, that if we're going to define grace as the embodiment of all that Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection, then that means that the Bible is saying there that let your heart be established by the substance which is Jesus. In other words, let your heart be established by all that God has finished in Christ. And so, this evening, what I want us to talk about is, what is the practical aspect of this? We do know 
that at the end of the day, everything that we're trying to accomplish, it has to be seen through the lens of Christ. In other words, Jesus has to be the center of everything. I referenced our families. Our families can only be strong to the degree that we are established in the grace of God. That it is not our works plus Jesus. It is Jesus plus nothing. In other words, the strength of our home, the strength of your career, the strength of your relationship, whatever it is that you do on a day-to-day basis, has to first find its fruit in Christ. That is why I love one of the statements that Jesus made. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. In other words, I am the one that gives you the sustenance to life. I am your life itself. Outside of me, you don't have life. That the very essence of who you are is because I am the one that is holding your life together. In Colossians chapter 1, the Bible talks about how that it is God that holds everything by the power of Christ. In everything, he holds it all together. And so at the end of the day, if everything I do is not seen through the lens of Christ, it still falls under the law. Because many times we can say that the law is what we see in the Old Testament. However, the definition of the law is what man can achieve by himself. So that everything that I do, if it, if it centers around me, then the Christ element has been removed from it. And what normally happens with things that are not centered around Christ is, is chaos that is about to happen. Because at the end of the day, we can only achieve man's result. A man's result only has a time span. Whereas that which is of God is eternal. It is forever. There is no end to it. And so, if that becomes the critical aspect of this work we have with God. In other words, if, if the scripture says here, let, it is good that the heart be established by grace. Is the scripture saying that it is good that the heart be firmly rooted in Christ. The scripture is saying it is good that the heart be completely firm in the things that Christ has accomplished. The truth is, for you and I, the reality of that sometimes is far-fetched in our daily activities. That's the truth. But Paul here is saying, for you to have the end result that I think that I know for a fact that you can have, it all begins and ends with Christ being the center of everything. Whether it's my career choice, whether it's if I'm having a fracas with anyone, whether it's, it's I'm desiring promotion, or whether it's that I, whatever it is that you do in life, everything has to be established by grace. Now I understand why you look all through the scripture. It says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every time he wraps things up, it's always the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter would pray, he said, may grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the scripture now, I, I remember I said to you that the knowledge of Christ is the enjoyment of grace. Because without the Without a full understanding of what Christ has accomplished for me, I will fail to apprehend what has been given to me. Because what I don't know, I cannot apprehend. 
But what I know, I can apprehend. And sometimes this thing about fully walking with Christ may look foolish to us. But in reality, the Bible says the foolish things of this world, God has used the, fully, has used the wisdom of the foolish things. God, 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 God. Thank you. <laughs> to confound the wise, yeah. Thank you. But what am I saying? I'm, at the end of the day, whatever that I want to see myself accomplish in life, I have to first find the root, the footing, the direction in Christ. That is why Peter will say that you have grace and peace through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In Zechariah chapter 4, I pointed out that when Zechariah would say that written on the capstone is grace, grace, I shared with you the definition of capstone is the crown of our achievement. That whatever it is that we think we have achieved, if it is not by grace, it has become by works. And when it becomes works, you have to sustain it. However, if it's grace, you don't have a hand in it. And that is why if it's grace, if this chair is placed on top of the fan, if it's grace, you don't need to help God to put the chair in a better position. You just need to leave it where it is. Because he can sustain it. But the natural inclination for us is to try and figure an answer irrespective of the things that we're going through. It is natural. I mean, I've learned that thing with my children. If there's anyone that helped me to walk this grace walk, it's my children. And if there's anyone that has helped me to walk the grace walk amongst my children, it's my middle child. No, I mean, I'm serious. Listen, if there was anyone that would have given me a gray hair, it would have been my, it is my middle child. I mean, there are times I have lost it. And after I lose it, I realize it's been by my strength that I've lost it. But now I'm beginning to understand what grace is. I see everything it says and do through the lens of grace. And so it's easier for me to handle him now than it was for me to handle him four, five years ago. Four, five years ago, I would have been combative with my son. He would get to the place, I would tell him, I would, I would don't let me say what I would say. I would say that to him. And it, I, I've told him literally, I brought you to the world, I would take you out, and I would personally go report myself to the police. But now, he does those things, and I just see him as, if he knows better, he will not attempt the things that he's attempting. And so it helps me when I even pray for him. It helps me when I relate to him. What am I saying? The Bible says it is good that a heart be established by grace. Listen, that statement is loaded. It is good 
that the heart be established by grace. I touched on what is the heart. Where the treasure of a man is, there his heart will be. So what God is saying, whatever you treasure, it is good that that thing be established by grace. Because once that thing is established by grace, you can sure be sure without a shadow of a doubt, a certainty you would have that the end result is going to be beautiful. Because the Bible says it makes all things beautiful in its time. And I also mentioned the fact that the Bible says that the, old, the law pointed to good things. And that we are the generation that are enjoying the good things. But the truth is many of us don't know the good things that we have. Hence, we are not enjoying it. But it takes the revelation of Jesus for our eyes to be open to see the good things that we have in God. Because I realized that John 10, 10, Jesus was not making a mistake when he says, I have come that you would have life and have it abundantly. And we don't mean, when I mean abundantly, I just don't mean finance. I'm talking about the peace of God, the joy of God. You see fruitfulness in every aspect of your life because Jesus is the center of that thing. That thing is established by grace. Because once our eyes are open, listen, when I read 1 Peter chapter, 10, 1 chapter 1 verse 10, that the prophets of old were looking into this thing. I can imagine that Moses would ask God, what does this mean? God can say to Moses, step aside. It's not for your generation. Elijah is asking God, I'm saying this thing, but what does it mean? Step aside. It's not for your generation. Nahum is asking God, what is this that I'm seeing? Step aside. It's not for your generation. But now we are now the generation that come to the reality of this truth. It is no longer a shadow. It is now the substance. We are the ones that are carrying the image of the very thing. In other words, we are the embodiment of this grace. Jesus did all that he did because of us. He said, I am come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. What am I saying? It begins with a practical step on a daily basis. The very minute you step out of your house, when you go about your daily activity, it is that consciousness of the grace that you carry. It is the, it, I think when pastor taught on self-control, that thing really helped. In the fact that it took away the emotional stance that we normally have. I don't feel something. Because self-control is not a feeling, it's a choice. You put off and you put on. That is what the scripture says. It says, put on Christ. Put off, therefore, concerning the old man. This, this, this. But put on. So what he's saying is, when I step out on a daily basis, I need to know I have put on Christ. So that as I go about my daily activities, those that interact with me, well, I, they are interacting with Christ. And not just that, I can see the Christ result on a daily basis, everything that I lay my hands to do. 
Somebody asked me this question on Sunday. After the ministration, they called me in the evening. He says, okay, I hear what you said. But after I have prayed and nothing is still happening, what do I do? I said, oh, please, you've made my work very easy. Let's go to Ephesians. After you've done all to stand, what does the scripture say you should do? Stand. Because the, sometimes our expectations cloud our understanding of the reality of what we carry. And what do I mean by that? When I step out today, I'm expecting... Okay, let me rephrase, let me phrase it in such a way you can understand it without me nullifying what it is that I'm ministering here. Okay, I'm in business. Okay? And I'm going through this $100 deal. And then in the evening of that day, I hear Pastor Bang preach on the abundance and the good things that God has done. And then I'm going to step out the next day and believe God for a million-dollar contract as I step out right now. That is going to happen. Now, it's possible it can happen. Please don't get me wrong. But in this walk with God, I have come to realize that the little steps you take indeed is what begins to establish you. Not the giant step you're about to make. What made David defeat Goliath was not the first time he stood before Goliath. He had a track record. He said, I defeated the lion. I defeated the bear. That builds that confidence. Pastor Frank said this a long time ago. It is in, you in, get, is in getting the one dollar that builds confidence for $10, that builds confidence for $20, that builds confidence for $100. But what has made a shipwreck of our faith many times is that we have these grandeur ideas. And we just want God to put his mark of ownership on these grandeur ideas. They are beautiful. I'm not saying they are wrong. Please, they are good. I'm just saying that there is a practicality to these things. Remember when Isaac was going to leave Egypt? Because he felt like there was a better place somewhere. And God said to him, no, don't go. I want you to stay where you are. And the Bible says in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. Until I begin to understand Jesus... And walking, what it means to walk with Jesus. The grandeur idea may just continually be a grandeur idea. Is what I'm saying. I'm just saying, where the rubber meets the road for every one of us. Maybe I'm the only one that is affected here. It just may be me. But where the rubber meets the road for me, it's in the next hour when I leave this place. That's right, Eli. Is in the next hour when I leave this place. Is at a 10 p.m. Is at 11 p.m. Is at 12 p.m. Is when I get that call. Is when I have that opportunity to be established by the grace of God in the things that I say, in what I hear. That's what the world makes the world of difference. Are you following me? And so the practical aspect of this thing. It is good. That the heart be established by grace. It first begins with this solid relationship with this grace. 
In other words, what does your day look like? From the minute you wake up, what does it look like? What is the consciousness of the Christ life that you have? Do you just forget all about Christ and then when you come back home, you now remember, oh my God, I've not thought about Jesus all day. For the art to be established by grace, it takes one step after another. And that one step after another begins to help you solidify your work. Solidify your work. Solidify your work. So that you, at the end of the day, can say of your capstone, of the crown of your achievement, it's been by the grace of God. Whether it's marital problems, I don't care what it is. Please, I don't mean I don't care. I mean, irrespective of what the problem may be, I care. I care that you're going through anything. I want you to know that. So sometimes you have to rephrase those words. Are you threatening me, Roti? <laughs> so what I'm saying is, irrespective of that issue, that you want to go to bed at night, it's almost as if your mind is 200 million miles everywhere. But Jesus, I want you to remember this scripture. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst the saints. Jesus should rise above your emotions. Jesus should rise above every problem. That is why Paul will confidently say, do not be anxious for anything, but through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart. And then further in that scripture, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. How does the art get established by grace. Think on good things. Think on Jesus. See Jesus through everything. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. We see Jesus. You have to see Jesus. Not the problem. You have to see Jesus. Not just the issues that plague us. Because each and every one of us, if we're given the mic, every one of us has, listen, a book full of issues you want to deal with. The things that you're trusting God for, it is true. But let me ask you this. Do you think God is not aware of them? That's the question. Do you think God is not aware of them? I'm asking a question. Is aware of it. So do you think... God is in that problem with you. Is the next question. Do you think he's in that problem with you? You know, it's easier said because many times we feel like God is sitting there and I'm here with my problems. But he said, I will be with you. Uh, even to the ends, uh -uh. I would never leave you nor forsake you. These are realities of the scripture. They are truth in the word. But when our heart is not established in what it needs to be established in, the enemy can make a mincemeat of us. It bombards our mind. 
That's the first place it begins to defeat us. That is why he said, let your heart be established by grace. Because once your heart is established by grace, every other thing will pale in the sight of that. What am I saying? Check what you do on a daily basis. I love practicality. Honestly, I just love practicals. We can give you revelations after revelation, but it's still when the rubber meets the road. It is still, what do I do when I wake up at 7 a.m.? But you know, the bottom line of it is, you have to be student of Jesus. That is why Paul, every prayer I would pray, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. I mean, look at Paul. The only reason why it was that radical, he said, when it pleased the Lord, who separated me from my mother's womb, to reveal Christ in me. I love the statement of that. I did not confer with flesh and blood. In other words, at the revelation of Christ in your life, flesh and blood will pale. Because you will look at them and you realize it is nothing compared to what I've just received. But, listen, it ta- it's, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, you're going to pay a price for it. And that price is being diligent in the word. Being diligent in your fellowship. If, it does not mean if you don't fellowship, God does not love you. Please, don't get me wrong. Whether you fellowship or don't fellowship, his love is constant. There's nothing. Nobody can take that away. But the desire for growth happens when there's fellowship. I mean, imagine if a husband and wife don't fellowship. That's a marriage that is about to be, I mean, experience a shipwreck. So imagine that with Jesus. That's why he calls it the communion of the Holy Spirit. He didn't just call it the work of the Holy Spirit. The communion of the Holy Spirit. In other words, there is an interaction. So to be established by grace, the relationship with Jesus and the revelation of Jesus, you can't take that away from your daily walk. It is the beginning. It is the end. It is the thing in between. It seals it all together. Let your heart be established by grace. Because the truth is, once your heart is established by grace, I mean, look at the woman at the well. The encounter with Jesus, it was just one-time encounter. Everyone in our community knew about it. And I said to myself, the reason why I don't share the way I need to share is because I really don't have that revelation yet. Because if I have that revelation, to share will not be a problem. That's the truth. What did it take Paul? He didn't have to go to school on steps out to share your faith. He shared it anyway. And that's why the scripture now tells us that in that same Hebrews, about us sharing the good things that we have. So before we even talk about share, let's talk, we're talking about first being established in that thing. Because the thing I'm establishing, that's what, I mean, imagine this. All of us that are here, I know we all went to college. Imagine if you didn't go to college. 
And maybe Brother Owem, let's just say you study finance. I didn't know what you study, but let's just say you study finance. And you, you just go into Wakovia. Is this they have Wakovia? No, they don't have Wakovia. Wells Fargo. Don't worry. I'm operating from 10 years ago. It's okay. <laughs> so you imagine Brother Owem, without the skill set of a financial person, you understand. He goes into Wells Fargo and says, give me a job. I mean, they're just going to look at him like, what in the world is he looking for? You, you get what I'm trying to say? So that, that relates that to you not having a revelation of Jesus. What do you want to share? Except just a head knowledge. But when you have something to give to somebody, there's no struggle about it. You, you can say to them, let me share with you what, what I know. Silver and gold I have none. But such as I have, I have grace. I have Jesus. I have something that can add beauty and value to your life. Because we are valuable in the sight of God. And because we are valuable, it should be able to move us to add value to others that we meet so that their lives will not be the same again. Bottom line of what I'm saying to you tonight. Let your heart be fixed in nothing but Jesus. Now you understand why Paul will say, I made up my mind to know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. That's it. Let them tell you what you're saying does not make sense. But to you, the only thing that makes sense is Jesus. I once was blind, but now I see. I mean, it's like the guy that was blind. He was telling the fire, I mean, what is you guys' problem? You are asking me the process of what happened. The only thing I know, I was once blind, now I can see. Rest of it, figure it out. But what I'm saying is this. Let everyone around us, let them taste of the goodness of Christ that is in us. It is good that the heart be established by grace. Not by shadows, not by your skills, not by your career, not by your investments, not by what you have that you can hold on to. Because those things, they're flimsy. They are here today, they're gone tomorrow. But the only constant in our life is Christ. The only answer I have in everything that I do now is just that it's Christ. I don't have any other thing again but Christ. Silver and gold I have none, but as such as I have, that I give to you. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst the saints. Just take hold of the word. Ask Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Any area that has stood on my strength, reveal yourself to me. You know the prayer I pray every day for myself? I don't even say, God, show me your glory or show me revelation. I say, God, 
Every area that I lean on my strength, I want you to give me a revelation of Jesus in that area. Help me. Because in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Let us, let us empty ourselves of ourselves. And let us become aware of what is on the inside of us. And that is Christ. And he's looking to shine forth through us. That's why Paul will say, in him we live and move and have our being. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let it be a faith walk every day. Let it be your faith in Christ, in what he has accomplished. Let it be him unveiling before you day by day his good things that he has placed in your life. He that did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Listen, we have all things. Because you have Christ, you have all things. And because you have all things, you are able to conquer. Because the Bible says we are more than conqueror through him that loved us. Listen, everything is through him. The Bible says everything is from him, to him, and through him. Everything at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. The strength of my family is Jesus. The hope of tomorrow is Jesus. Whatever my children are going to become, it's Jesus. That is why the only answer Paul could give them, listen, I commend you to God. Commend your children to God. Commend your career to God. Commend your finance to God. Compare, com commend your ability to share your good news to God. Because he said, even when you won't get there and you want to say anything, I'll give you the words. I mean, how can life be? I mean, isn't it that simple? It's simple and ridiculously simple. Yet, we are the ones that have made it complicated. Even the words I will speak, he said he will give me. But I went, I mean, isn't that, isn't that easy? I mean, it's like me going into an exam hall. And the, and the teacher said, don't worry. This is the answer. All I have given you is just take a pencil, write out the answer. Gee, that would be the favorite teacher I have in the whole world. And in reality, that's exactly what God has done. Here's the answer. You just write it out. So please turn to your feet this evening. So that when we started out this year, by saying it's all about Jesus, what pastor was saying is, it does not matter where you are or where you're going. Let's make the journey going forward from 2018 all about Jesus. Don't try and quench fires in your life. Give it all to Jesus. Don't try to figure it out. Just give it all to Jesus. He has the answer. He can give you the direction. There is nowhere you are in life that Jesus is not aware of. If we can just lean on him. To lead, to guide. To lead, to guide. 
to show us where to go, how to go, what to say. That's all that is asking for. You are looking unto God for one thing or the other this year. And you're looking at the calendar. Oh, it is May. God, how far? Lord, it's almost half of the year already. What's going on? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. In other words, he's the one that writes it and is the one that executes it. Is the author, is the finisher, is the writer, is the executor. Listen, except for Jesus, for the believer, there is no hope for anything. So tonight, whatever that thing may be, I want you to just give it to Jesus. That's why Jesus boldly was saying the scripture, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. So from the Old Testament to the New Testament, Jesus was saying, it is all about me. Your life. Paul says we are the epistle that is written and read by of all men. Jesus is the one writing the story of your life. Allow him to lead and help you write this thing. So that at the end of the day, you will arrive at the Jesus answer. I want you to turn it over to God. Your marriage, your children, your career, your desire for a life partner. Everything, just turn it over to God. For those that are single, remember, Rachel was at the well. She was just going about her own daily duty. That was it. She did not know the prayer that Abraham's servant prayed. Just go about your daily thing. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let him bring every other thing. That is the answer. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And every other thing shall be added. Don't let's pursue the addition. Let us seek the substance. Because the addition will wear you out. It is only Jesus that adds it. Talk to him. I can understand the loneliness at times when you are by yourself. But Jesus can supply the joy that you need. I want you to know you are standing on a good ground. It is Jesus. Your career is on a good ground. It is Jesus. Your family is on a good ground. It is Jesus. Your children are on good ground. It is Jesus. I commend you to God and the word of his grace that is able to build you up. Father, we commend everything to you. Every aspect of our lives. Father, the ones we try to figure out and the ones we can't even figure out, we commit it all to you. 
We desire you and you alone, oh God. Father, we come tonight understanding, oh God, that you are the one that supplies all that we need. You say, fear not, little children. You said it is the Father's desire to give you the kingdom. Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, we are pursuing the addition, not understanding we just need the kingdom. And we have everything, oh God. Open our eyes to know this revelation. That our heart become established by grace. You said grace and truth came by Christ. And so we embrace the person of Christ. We can understand why Paul would say when it pleased the Lord. Who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal Christ in me. I did not confer with flesh and blood. Father tonight, give us such a revelation of Jesus. That flesh and blood pales in the sight of it. Open our eyes tonight. Cause the scale to fall off our eyes. That we may see Jesus and him alone crucified. That we will know no other thing except Jesus. Ah, no wonder Paul would say, I forget about those things which are behind. He said, I press forward. Give us the grace to press forward. That we may apprehend what we have been apprehended for. That Lord, we will not begin to chase after shadows. But Lord, we will hold on to the substance which is Christ himself. For your word declares, God who at various times and in diverse manner. Speak to us in time past through the prophet. Is now speaking to us by his son. Whom he has made heir of all things. And you call us co-heirs with Christ. That means we are heirs of all things. Help us, oh God, the things that the prophet looked into to see, to apprehend. Father, we have it. Help us to know that we have it. That we will stop stationing after shadows, oh God. Thank you. We have been made in the true image of Christ. Created in this image for glory and for beauty. Father, may we understand this truth. That we are the fragrance of Christ that diffused everywhere. So that when men are confused, they can run to us. That we will not be as confused as they are. Father, because we have Christ, we have clear understanding. Help us, Lord. This is where it begins. That we will learn to apprehend each day in Christ. That it will not be about our feelings. It will only be about Christ. That we can boldly say, today I have made up my mind to know Christ and him crucified. Thank you, Lord. Because through Christ, we know our homes are strong. Through Christ, we know our careers are strong. Through Christ, we know our children are strong. 
Through Christ, we know our relationships are strong. Through Christ, we know everything we do is strong. Father, for we recognize, oh God, your word declares that through him, by him, and for him are all things. And so we declare tonight, you are the one that plants solitaires in family. You planted us in this family. You did not, we did not plant ourselves. Help us to understand that what we did not put together, we cannot build. Help us, O oh God. That Christ becomes the foundation. That we do not be like the foolish man that built on sand which are shadows. But we build on substance. Because Jesus is the rock of our salvation. We thank you. We pray for those that are out there that you're joining to us. We know we without them are not complete. And so, Father, everywhere we go, open our eyes to see the opportunity to give life to those around us. To build people up in grace. To see them established in grace. Father, that our going to the grocery store will not be a trivial matter. We will understand that we are carrying life. Somebody in there needs life. When we are at the car wash, that Lord, it is not just to shine a car. For the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. We recognize everywhere we go, there is an opportunity. Father, we will be like Paul that says, mm, I'm not going anymore for I see a door has been opened to me. My God, open our eyes to see the doors that are open to us. Father, Lord, the doors of grace, the doors of life, the door to show Jesus. My God, on our work, in our workplace, on our jobs, in, our, in, in everywhere we go, when we do business, oh God. Father, we recognize we are the epistles that are written and read by of all men. We want to thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name.